Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Red Couch Theology Podcast. Hey, today as episode, we're diving into the Lord's Prayer, and we're going to be talking about what in the world is the kingdom of God, and how is praying for the kingdom of God affect our kingdom and our will and all of that. So let's dive in. What, we can't just keep working while we're working? No, we can't. We're supposed to be live. We're testing one too. Serious two. conversation about budgeting. Budgeting, and now here we are, podcasting. Podcasting. Yeah. And by the way, last week when you didn't have your microphone, it was pretty hard to hear you. Uh, so it turns we... out a microphone is important. <laughs> <laughs> How long do I not have a microphone for? Oh, just for a second. I am. Just during our our wacky. No, I'm not talking about man. But I am a loud mouth. I don't know if you know this about me. (laughs) Yes, I I do. I have a very loud voice. I actually do because even more so than normal because I actually sang next to you on Sunday. Yeah. And And I don't hold back. Yeah, you don't. And you also are a good singer, whereas I am not a good singer. So that's always like a bit of a like, you know, I don't love singing next to good singers. I also migrated while I was singing, evidently. Did you see... Remember when you had to pull me yeah. back out of the aisle? Like I was dead center aisle. Like I was closed my eyes. I'm getting after it. And I opened my eyes and like Alex is like kind of points at me or whatever. And I look around and I'm like, oh, I'm in the middle of the walkway. Yeah. He kind of like Absolutely. he Just, invites me back if, into it's the like aisle. a secure. You look like a security guy. <laughs> Sheesh, man. I, I the church I grew up in, they actually had like special things like that. You couldn't cross if you weren't part of the I don't know. The approved crowd, some barriers to like stop the the proletariat sitting in the front row. <laughs> nice, yeah, nice, yeah, yeah. It's, it's an odd, a bit of an odd thing. Well, yeah, I'm I'm sort of loud. Every once in a while, I get a glimmer of it because I'll hang out with someone that's similarly loud, and oh, I'm yeah. like, wow, that's pretty loud. Yeah, like yeah. I I had lunch with Bill Wiseman, <laughs> yeah, and we were driving in the car, and I was, and I think we were like both just shouting at each other, and I was like. <laughs> I was like, I probably am too loud for him, and he's a little too loud for me. And like, we just both have these like just resonant each other's up. You do, Bill's voice resonates, massive Res- resonant resonates. Voices. I know, but it's yeah. good. I love that guy. He's a good guy. I I love that guy too. Um, but we're not here to talk about that on I mean, that bombshell. Other than we are, other than we are, because it's yeah, the start, the start of the thing. Yeah. So so welcome to the red couch <laughs> theology podcast if you're new it's always like this yeah um, i was listening to the holy post and they talked about animals and racing pigeons to, in their introduction so i feel like we can talk about random stuff too it's absolutely fine yeah you, you said something about sending a carrier pigeon to do something the other day well, yeah it turns out this racing pigeon got sent off course and uh ended up in india and they thought it was like a spying like a spying pigeon with some sort of technology and so they like they held it hostage from china for like a certain period of time for like a month this poor pigeon was like in solitary confinement and then they found out it was just like a racing pigeon that got there's racing pigeons yes very much so see what i'm doing i'm stealing another podcast introduction yeah very clever but that's hysterical an inferior podcast i will say compared uh, it's not the bible project it isn't no but Holy Post is a fun podcast. It's a good, it's a good podcast. Yeah. It's not the Bible Project. No. I'm just, I'm just saying, it's, it's not going to hit those ranks of a podcast we, sh- we say that you should listen to instead of this one. 
Really? Have we gone past that? I don't know. And, um, they have a significantly larger following than oh, us. Oh, I'm sure they so do. We, but, so we but, have... but, there's, but, but that's many podcasts as well. Like, we don't yeah. have to list all of those <laughs> podcasts. Stop listening to this and yeah. go listen to that, which we have regularly said of the Bible Project. That's true. That's um, true. Well, we are here to talk about theology. Indeed. We should have swapped chairs today because we swapped, well, we didn't swap roles this week. I did not lead worship. Yeah. Chris Tholson led worship, thank goodness, because me leading worship, you know how you get to do something new occasionally and people are like, oh, that was such a breath of fresh air or that was so, it was so good to see you up there doing that or, you know, in that role. That would not be things that people said if I led us in worship. Yeah. You might, um, you might be able to play drums. I could do that. Yeah. I could do that. They would say you Y'all tried hard. Alex plays drums. He plays drums. I do play drums. I do love to play drums. Um, and a, a little piano. And... and a little piano, a little guitar. Yeah. The things you pick up when you're in a musical family. Yeah. You and know. in ministry, it seems like it's like a prerequisite that everyone has to play a little bit of guitar. Oh, interestingly, no. I have never played guitar in a ministry setting other than once. No, I'm not saying you have to play oh. it in a ministry setting, okay. but it mm. seems like most ministry people have some... Like um, Steve Schroeder plays guitar pretty darn yeah, well. Yeah, because he had to lead worship. Yeah. Yeah, I never had that. Yeah. I, I I simply... I led worship for our... We had a dis- dysfunctional worship team at one church once. And so for our pre-morning thing, I said, right, I'm going to lead us in worship to try and help them come back to where, like, to some kind of center. Because it just it was all over the place, so I just simply led them in. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Yeah, um, but on that guitar. Yeah, that was the only time I've ever done that. Nice. Dan um, plays trombone. I think that's amazing. We should have him lead worship with we the trombone. So do that. That would be one. Wonder, wonder if he's still got trom- chom- trombone chops. Yeah, yeah, maybe <laughs> he has. But you you preached this week, and it was a delight. It was wonderful. Why? Thank um, you. And uh, it was fun for me. And and, and 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 also a passage you were particularly passionate about. Yeah, but my t- wife listened to it afterwards because she was up with the high schoolers. Oh, she was, yeah, yeah. So she listened to it afterwards. I came in the room while she was listening to it, and she uh, she just looks at me and goes, "Cry, baby." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was like in the most endearing way, but oh, like, yeah, because yeah, I was a little bit uh, I was a little weepy throughout the message, which I always do. <laughs> which actually, you do cry quite a lot. I do messages. often, but this time it was like all throughout, like yeah. little moments. I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway. Yeah, well, which, yes, yes. I think I get, you, when you, I get excited, I start crying. That's, and it's very endearing. Um, yeah, if you did it every week, people might get a little fed up. If you cried every time you led worship, people might be a little bit like, oh, come on. Yeah. yeah. But I think it's appropriate. It's passion that comes out, which is beautiful. Yeah. But, but tell people a little bit about, because I remember when we first talked about it, I said, oh, would you be willing to do this passage Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's something that you would really enjoy talking about. And you said. Yes. Yes, but. Well, like I said in the introduction of the message, I was like avoiding it. Yeah. And uh, like short circuiting. I just like didn't want to go there partially because I. I felt like it was so important to me that everyone loved this passage as mm. much as I did that I wanted like I wanted to knock it out of the park. They so like the it, pressure yeah. to like. Yeah do such a good job mm. was causing me to not actually think about the job itself. Yeah. So I kind of had to like, eventually, you know, with the week of the sermon prep process hit and I was like, all right, I just need to set this aside. Like, interestingly, 
this prayer, this section that's heavily about surrender, I had to do that thing. Yes. I had to just surrender like, okay, even if it's horrible, that's not my thing. Like I need to do like be obedient, do my study, do my prep, show up, be present, and then give the message and then surrender all the outcomes mm. to him. So I eventually like turned the corner, but you know, leading up to it, I was like, why can't I get myself to think about this? And, mm. you know, anyway, I also think that there's like, I may, maybe you have this, uh, if there's a text that, you know, super, super, super well, and that you like live in pretty mm-hmm. frequently, sometimes when you go to prep, you're like, do I even need to prep? Yeah. yeah. And then there was like this, I already sort of knew the heartbeat of what I wanted to say. Do I, it's like, I could just get up there and wing it and probably be really passionate mm, and like say, yeah, yeah. I could talk for that about that passage the day you assigned it to me mm. for two hours yeah. on a platform yeah, 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 yeah. and yeah. no problem. Yeah. But would it be organized? Yeah. Would, would people be, be able to follow a coherent yeah, stream of No, thought? the answer is no, they wouldn't have, but they get the takeaway. Aaron's very passionate about this. Yeah. They're like, Oh, like we don't know what he said, but we think he, he really cared about it. <laughs> I feel like you wanted me to care about yeah, it. Like, as well. like that guy is really excited about what he's saying. I don't know what it is. <laughs> which yeah. which in fairness yeah. is most of my earlier sermons like <laughs> most of my sermons in the past are like wow he really likes what he's saying yeah yeah uh, <laughs> i think the critique i got of most of my earlier sermons was it felt like i was on a golf cart and you just wildly changed direction at different points which i can still still tangent a little bit but i certainly do it less than i used to yeah I, I think i i i don't find that so much i think for me the tension is more now if there's a passage I really like, even at South, it's probably the second or third time I'm talking about it now. So, did I already say this? Did I use that illustration once? Yeah, th- th- those questions. Is there like a salient point that like is that has, has already been grasped, and now there's some secondary or tertiary points that you might like to highlight. Uh, yeah. Like this will be the second time I've preached this week. I'm, I'm preaching on give us today our daily bread. Yeah. And it's the second time I've done that. Um, so you're then thinking, okay, what did I say before? Do I remember what I said before? If I don't, does anybody else? Yeah. I have noticed this quite a lot of times where I can't remember if I've used an illustration before because I might've used it at another church. Yeah. But other people tend to remember. But like, oh, you, you've done that before, yeah. Um, so so trying to track back with wait, did I say that? Did I say that? Was that so good? As which an is even harder when you have multiple services, yeah, because you might have said it three times, four times already between preaching the text yes. multiple times and having multiple services. Yeah. So like the fifth time you're in, you're like, uh, uh, oh yeah, <laughs> I remember that that year we did six Christmas Eve services. <laughs> And when oh, it got yeah. to like service five and six, I was like, wait, did I say this in service five or four or four and five? Or... <laughs> just, it was so miserable. I was yeah, like, yeah. this is just ridiculous. But by the last service, you're like, hey, guys, just stop me if you already have heard this. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it becomes uh, then. So, so I think, yeah, that, that would be my tension more than feeling. Because I think you you realize after a while, 
passages need to be preached. So it, it, in the end, it doesn't actually matter whether you're super passionate about it or not. Yeah. The ones that you're passionate about will come across maybe a little bit differently. Yeah. And um, actually what I found is, like, I even maybe told you this, I get a little excited if it's a text that I'm kind of avoiding. Yeah. Usually yeah. because that, that means if I've avoided it for years or I've, mm. I've never really, really spent a ton of time on it, yeah, it means that I'm going to learn a ton. There's a challenge for our listeners. Send in the passages you'd most like Aaron to preach on. Bring the, it. The, the, Bring it. The more difficult, the better. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> There's actually a course taking place this semester at, at Denver Seminary, Preaching Difficult Text. Yeah. I was yeah. so bummed because I, I really, mm. that would have been a really fun course um, just because I like the, yeah, I like that. Kind and of I think, stuff. and yeah. I think there's difficult te texts and there's really difficult texts and there's just awkward texts. Yeah. And like, you know, like, like, like how you go about preaching texts that you might avoid. Like, I don't know, like um, texts around like Sodom and Gomorrah and stuff like that. Like those are hard texts because of the ethical elements to them. Yeah. Um, there's other texts that are hard because there's not much in them. Um, yeah. You know, what, what do you do with Matthew chapter 21, verse 17? He went out of the city into Bethany and he lodged there for the night. <laughs> you keep reading it until you find the you point. Totally, yeah, but if someone, <laughs> so I was just going to say, I want you to preach on one verse and they're going to land on like, you know. Okay, so, somewhere, so yeah. next time I preach, Alex is going to assign me a text that has no context <laughs> like that. You just see, like, yeah. He's just like, oh, Aaron likes preaching You're difficult amazing texts. Job You're of it. only allowed to reference this one verse. <laughs> Go. It'll be like this experiment he does with me. Exegete that sucker. <laughs> oh man. That's so funny. yeah, but so it took a while, and then obviously, but you did, as you say, you had so much passion about it, so much to bring, so much. Why? Why has it for people that weren't there? Why has it become such a central text for you? Honestly, I was actually as I was prepping. The irony is that my passion for this text has less to do with prayer mm. than it has to do with the kingdom of God. Mm. Yeah, and this prayer happens to reference the kingdom of God, which is sort of like this shorthand for mm. everything Jesus talked about and taught his framework for being human yeah is sort of like encapsulated in his teachings about the kingdom of god and so i found myself uh, like initially i just wanted to almost skip over the first verse mm -hmm. like you decided yeah. only two verses and i wanted to skip yeah, one yeah, yeah. and i had to say whoa 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 again the surrender mm -hmm. process of yeah, like yeah. is that faithful to the text mm -hmm. No. So I needed to actually teach this text yep. and that I was going to get a chance to actually, so ironically in my sermon prep time, I probably spent 80 to 90% of my time and effort on, uh, this then is how you should pray. Our father in heaven, hallowed be your name on earth as it is in heaven. Yeah. yeah. Because I could just like erupt with stuff to say about, uh, your kingdom come, your will be done. Yeah. Yeah. And so I didn't feel a ton of need to spend a mm -hmm. ton of study time on that section. Mm -hmm. So I, but I forced myself to study on the others yeah. so that I wasn't like deviating from the actual text. <laughs> so, so the, that, that brings us, I think, to a question that we got this week, right? I think. Oh, anyway, yeah. Yeah. Um, if you feel like that's enough of a summary, which I think it was, 
Yeah, I mean, okay, so for a little lay of the land, if you haven't been tracking with us, so, you know, Alex kicked off part two of Sermon on the Mount Mm -hmm. a few weeks ago, and this section, and I didn't actually cut this from my original message, because I I had it in my original intro, was, like, summarizing some of the stuff. Mm -hmm. It sort of falls under this textual heading of, like, don't practice your righteousness before others. Yeah, yeah. And then he he follows a formula of sorts Mm -hmm. for three movements. Yep. A formula of don't do this, yeah, but which do you this. Said. You said that. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So the first one he gives is giving. There's a bad way of giving and a good way of giving, uh-huh. and he does that. Then you, then the previous week to when I preached, you gave the, t- taught on the section that was like, don't pray in this uh-huh. way. Yep. And the text that uh, the Lord's Prayer is how you should pray. Yeah. And then, you know, after we get through the Lord's Prayer, there's another one on fasting. So anyway, there's that formula. Mm-hmm. And so the section that we were in is the Lord's Prayer, which is technically is part of the whole section, is the how to pray portion mm-hmm. of it. And I tried to make the case that um, for what we know about this, this lesson is not the only time it's ever been given, but we have a Luke account mm-hmm. that the disciples asked him to yeah. teach them this, which was fascinating for various reasons. Um, the main one being that why would they ask for this lesson if they didn't get the impression that what Jesus did when he prayed had some power to it or Uh some importance to it far beyond most of like they saw him walk on water. They saw him heal people. Mm -hmm. They saw him raise people from the dead. Mm -hmm. They didn't ask him to teach them that. Yeah. I mean, they might have, we don't have it all recorded. The only hint we have, maybe another request is like, and he, they don't even directly ask, but like, how come the demon didn't yeah, go yeah, out? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the only other yeah, reference yeah. I can yeah. think of that's sort of like <clears throat> this demon wouldn't come out and he goes, oh yeah, you do got to pray and fast, you know. Other than that, this is the only time they ask. So that told me that Jesus' prayer life is super, super integral to what his disciples do you think, thought. Yeah, and do you, but so some of it as well is maybe grounded in, I, when I read that passage in Luke, I'm almost like, I almost read it as, almost a little bit of angst because because of the reference to John and and the tradition of rabbis teaching disciples to pray it's almost a little bit of like wait you you called us and you said we were disciples and you said like we were chosen and you're not doing the things that you should be doing with us huh so it's like i think there's that to me as well almost yeah. a little bit of like huh like this isn't like this is like a dad not teaching his kid to ride a bike or throw a baseball. It's like you, you're dropping the ball a little bit. Like, yeah. A, a, coupled with the fact that Jesus, yes, clearly had this extraordinary prayer life, especially around I think things like silence and solitude. That that he's so different to the rabbis that stand praying long prayers, or the Pharisees that stand praying long prayers, and and are very much in the limelight. There's something about Jesus' hidden prayer life. Yeah, and so I think that's actually what they're getting at. Yeah. If you, because you have to sort of like extrapolate yeah. why they cared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One could be like, you're supposed to do teach us this because yeah. you're our rabbi, which is what you're saying. But the other piece is like, he's doing something yeah, different yeah. Yes. than what we see other leaders yeah, yeah. do. Yeah. Like when he prays, it sounds like he's actually talking to God weirdly. Yeah. Like yeah. He, he's talking to his father, mm. whereas these other people are like, 
they're really more preaching sermons yeah. or talking to us. And I think which that, I've heard prayers like that too, where you're like, yeah. is this person praying or are they preaching? <laughs> like, yeah, know, so. So, sometimes, and, and it's hard, it's a tension. I think that you that we'll actually get to cover when we go back to fasting. We'll we'll kind of go back over all of the the intentions passages, which is really what they are. Like, what's the motivation behind your spiritual disciplines? And we'll get to look at like any time you're doing something new self-consciousness just as a rule is going to make you think about what other people think about what you're doing yeah uh, and you see that with everything from first time you ride a bike um it's very normal to be like hey dad look at me i'm riding my bike like that's just normal life right yeah uh, all the way through to the first time you step in front of a, a crowd on a soccer field on a church uh stage that they all have that kind of implication to them so I, I think that that that's a normal part of life, and yet hopefully you grow out of those. And prayer, I don't I don't think is any different. I have this distinct memory of being on a worship team when I was young, maybe nineteen years old, eighteen years old. I just started drumming for the church I was attending, and the worship leader was praying, and one of our team members was was sick. And as he was praying, he said, "God, you know, we just we just we we, we just pray for Simon. He's the bass player, Lord." Uh, and, and I just had this moment of chuckle. Like, I think he knew. Like, <laughs> he knows Simon. He knows he plays bass. He didn't need you to fill in it, fill him in on, you know. He lives at such and such an address <laughs> yeah, 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 in yeah. case you're trying to find him so that you can heal him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not the drummer. No, that's a different guy. Um, yeah. We have two Simons. Don't heal the wrong one. <laughs> so he just had that chuckle of like, of like information. It's like, yeah. I think you're telling us. Or yeah. people that don't know, not not God Himself. Yeah. Um, so I think yeah, all of those things. I think the disciples see something different in Jesus. You're right, and He has this way. And and I think if if your experience is like mine, the people I value the most are the ones where, when it comes to like stage ministry, when it comes to platform ministry, whatever you call that, pulpit ministry, when it comes to praying in public, when it comes to spiritual disciplines, the people I appreciate the most are the ones where I see like, oh, like 95% of this for you is like hidden away. It's not a public thing. Yeah. Like that, that, that's the real stuff for you. This is, this is good. This is like, yeah. you're with people, you're praying together, but what's empowering it is, is the, the there's something the behind closet. the thing that yeah yeah absolutely yeah. absolutely and, and i i i find that the part of the reason i i love to walk on sunday morning early is because when i preach it gives me a sense of having processed it personally because the word the last thing i want to be is the preacher that says a load of stuff and has a load of... Paul talks about that, right? He says, you know, l like, my biggest fear is that after preaching the gospel, I might myself find... I might find myself condemned. Yeah. Um, and so you start to hopefully really process it beforehand and 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 live it, start to let it get inside of you. Yeah. And, that, and when it does that, that's when I tend to find the sermons are more powerful. Yeah. Yeah, so like getting back to what you were saying, like the reason this text 
connects so much with me is because that it's that connection to the kingdom. It's one of those, it's one of those texts that has had its way with me, like mm-hmm. you were just saying, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And the main reason I think is, you know, obviously I gave my big idea that the beginning of Jesus way prayer is surrender. Yeah. Um, that if there was anything I was hoping for the congregation to just move a little bit further into, it's this idea that the best thing that could happen for you, the best thing that happened for, for me, the best thing that ha- could happen for Alex, regardless, anyone that's in the, actually the entire world, I will just say the best thing that could happen to anyone is for Jesus way to win. Mm-hmm. And so if my joy, my satisfaction, my success is wrapped up in the success of the kingdom, then I can pray that prayer with delight and mm-hmm. joy and power and urgency because, which inevitably is also a prayer of surrender because yeah. it's saying not my kingdom, not. Mm. So that's why it's so important to me is I, I think it, when you're younger and you're following Jesus, you get, you might have this night, naivete that you're going to crack the code of being Mm -hmm. an epic christian right i you know if i can deal with this sin and get that one behind me and then i can then i'll be then i won't have any more sins anymore that would be sweet and then Mm -hmm. i could go on to like this incredible worship leading or teaching ministry Mm -hmm. and like thousands of people will come Mm -hmm. to jesus and like the kingdom will come and there will be revivals and weeping and gnashing of teeth. And it's going to be this epic thing. And like, there's this, this attitude that if I just am faithful enough and committed enough to Jesus, then I'm going to get to see all these things. And then as you get older and you walk with Jesus, you realize you like, you might deal with the sin and then you find out that there's a sin that was behind mm-hmm. that sin. Yeah. That's even more insidious, yeah, and yeah. difficult to unroot, yeah. un- you know, and then you discover like, Oh, you know, even like the Sermon on the Mount says, like, oh, it's not just like stopping the explicit uh, outburst of anger where I hit people. Now I have to deal with my like anger issue mm-hmm. deep down, my road rage. Yeah. Oh, snap. Like this is gets real deep down and you realize yeah. I'm never going to crack the code. Mm. And then you start to like lead mm-hmm. like I am in church in various different capacities and you start to realize, wait, the complexity of leading God's church is so nuanced and walking in the way of Jesus and doing it right. That's like with excellence, but also not about being praised with this. You're like the tightrope walk of the kingdom of God is so fine. It's impossible. Yeah. So the only way forward is utter surrender where you're just like, I can't. And so it's this give up my effort, my kingdom. Like I had this agenda and this thing, it sounded really good because my agenda was that mm-hmm. millions of people were going to fall on their knees before Jesus. But mm-hmm. I was going to be the one that like came up with the idea and how to get them mm-hmm. there. And you start to realize it doesn't matter how epic you are as a person, yeah. you can't create that response in people. And I think that's what one of the, the there is a beautiful there is a beauty to a tender heart that you see in someone that says, oh my goodness, I wanted to live the life Jesus wants me to live. And that feels very broken and humbled when they get that wrong. That's a really healthy thing. However, part of the challenge to that is 
the the landing point and I, I i was very much that person growing up and still am in lots of ways the the landing point can often be it depends on me um like the 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 thing works because i'm in a good place whereas lots of these well-known preachers that we hear about that get into a sin issue they they fall they become almost broken people in terms of their their following of Jesus character quite often some of the good things of the ministry continue all the way through that time yeah like the thing has been going on in the background the affair has been going on in the background for ages the whatever has been going on and people still come to know Jesus and people are still healed in some of those situations and and so prayers are prayed and God still seems to be listening. Yeah, and I even alluded to some of that in my own journey yeah. on Sunday when I in the conclusion where I talked about my own like doubt season mm-hmm. that I was on staff at this yeah. church wrestling with I do I even believe yeah. anything I'm leading people uh-huh. into? But I found that during that season there a lot of times my brokenness and my the rawness with which I led during that season was authentic in such a way that God used it regardless totally, of whether yeah. I intended. And some of the, some of those guys, even the guys that seem to have no intention of ever confessing this thing or letting it go. Um, uh, one of the things I've often wondered is, is, is it simply that they actually have no expectation that it works because of who they are? If it works, it works because of who God is and who is, you know, and, and so, so, so it mm. puts them in a place personally where the 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 communion with God is damaged and and perhaps even like broken, but actually the things are happening because it's not then they, they don't believe that it's going to happen because they're good. It's simply like I, I'm always intrigued by why that is the, a the fascinating thing seems so like to, the thing that they have in spades is surrender potentially yeah. because they know that they don't deserve to be there. Yeah, and, and, and so oh, so I'm not oh. saying it's a healthy thing, but it's just it's just, it's just often intrigued. There me might be that, something to that that different that different character thing that that there's these people that yeah I don't even know how to th- feel about that, but there might be because I do feel like surrender is probably well I I mean I made the case for it on yeah. Sunday that surrender was probably the secret sauce of what made Jesus' prayer different than yeah. other people kind of prayer. Yes, is it's like you start to give up on trying to force anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It doesn't mean you tap out of the game. Yeah. What it means is you come pleading to the feet of God that his kingdom come and his uh-huh. will be done. And honestly, I've been doing like leading worship and stuff and leading in, in the church long enough to know that I am not smart enough. I'm not fast enough. Mm-hmm. I'm not wise enough. I'm not gifted enough to make his kingdom come. Yeah. So the only way it's going to come is if he answers this prayer. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so that, then, I, then I'm like, when I come praying that, I I come because it is the only hope that I have mm-hmm. to see his kingdom. Yeah, and I think that that to me was hard, like to, to, to land the plane on that, that challenge or conundrum. I grew up in this world where some of the pastors I grew up with were not nice people. They actually could be kind of jerky behind the scenes. It caused me loads of theological or loads of like, yeah. Yeah, loads of theological angst. When I would look at the way God used them, I'd be like, but but I, I feel like I'm a much nicer kind of person. And, and in, to that extent, more Jesus-like than you are in lots of these ways. 
And yet God doesn't use me to do the things that he's using you to do. And, 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 and so I, I almost came to this just uncomfortable piece with the idea that, yeah, sometimes it seems to me God actually doesn't care as much as I do about the character of the people, that he's willing to use some pretty sketchy people in order to further his kingdom. That's the only conclusion I could land in. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I still don't have an explanation. And what's wild is like, what do you even mean by furthering the kingdom? Like if yeah. it means like a larger number of people show up to the events, um, if it means like people are healed visibly, does it mean, and the answer is, well, what is, you have to go back to what is this kingdom? The yeah. answer is it's way more complicated than numbers of sure, people yeah. and numbers of healings yeah. and emotional swells. Yeah. It's, it's about the deeper good stuff of what it means to be human yes. actually starting to blossom. Absolutely. And, and I think it, it was, it, it was fascinating to me to be around guys that seem to really live in a place of Jesus, you need to move because I can't do any of this. And, and yet it didn't seem to me at times like it had informed their character that they weren't in, in this relationship where Jesus was making them a better person. Um, and, and still to the, to the point that I came out of the Pentecostal church with a ton of love for the wine of the spirit that I felt like I'd, I'd received. Yeah. But a real struggle with the wine skin. If you're familiar with that yeah. language as a listener, like uh, uh, that it came with, it just left me with this mystery. And I actually unpacked it with a friend not long ago who went through the same thing. And, and and he'd just been invited to come and do some. So he does tech, and he'd been invited to come and and do tech for this this guy who's in Los Angeles, who's moved from Africa, and apparently same sort of thing. People have been healed all over the place, and there's all this kind of like Pentecostal thing going on. And I said, "Are you struggling with a conundrum of like you're looking at him and like God is seeming to move?" If I found out you were sleeping with your secretary, I wouldn't be super surprised. Like, like it's, it's, yeah, it's disconcerting at times. Yeah, um, and see, that's the thing is like, which is why I was trying to harp on, um, we what we get wrong. I even put it on the screen. I said, warning, warning, mm -hmm. warning, because I think what we get wrong is we, as followers of Jesus, pretty early on, you're going to figure out if you're an evangelical that this is supposed to expand around God's world. Yes. This yes. Christianity thing. Yeah. Okay. So missions and let's do uh, mm -hmm. whatever. Like you may have a mode where it's like, let's build the church and let's make it bigger and bigger and bigger. That's the kingdom coming, uh -huh. right? Yep. If the numbers are increasing and, uh, or whatever, or the number of healings or the number of baptisms is increasing, that's the kingdom coming. Mm -hmm. And the warning we we have is that we start to think of those things as synonymous, and then we the mechanism by which we bring participate in the kingdom goes by the wayside. Like whatever it takes to get the kingdom come mm -hmm. is fine. Yeah, because that's the mandate. That's the the Jesus way is to make it bigger and better and faster and stronger and fancier. Right. Mm -hmm. That's the human way. Mm. Whereas. The, the kingdom coming for Jesus, the pinnacle of his ministry was death mm, on a cross yeah. uh, for the sins of the world. And so we have to start to redefine 
what we mean by kingdom. And yes, there might be more people who are who feel seen yeah. and genuinely loved by the, the the heart of God, where they start to believe that. Mm. But when it becomes about that, we we start to uh, start to be able to interchange. Well, whatever string I have to pull to make mm. more numbers. That's not the game. Mm -hmm. And over and over and over and over again throughout church history, throughout all of these different things, you see Christians start from a place of of goodness, captivated by the love of God. Okay, now I'm going to start figuring out how to bring this love to others. And before you know it, they start to take the mantle of of power and uh, and glory and all of these things on in order to try and force the kingdom mm. upon the world. And it cr- that's when Christianity creates toxicity in the world rather than the actual kingdom. Yeah. And, and, and you, you, when you, when you look at, as I was reading for this week around the subject of daily bread, I uh, hit John chapter six, where Jesus says, you know, my body is flesh. Yeah. Um, you know, eat that flesh. My, my, you know, my blood is real. Like all those different things, and and people start to leave. Yeah, and Jesus seems to be like, yeah, okay. It actually, like if you're reading up to that, you get the impression he's trying to get them to go away. <laughs> it's trying, to, trying to make it as hard as possible. Like, like so much so that his disciples were like, "What the heck are you and doing?" He, and then he says to them, "Like, yeah, do you want to go away as well?" Yeah, worst marketing ever. <laughs> <laughs> and so you then you start to like if you read Jesus in the gospels you st- you have to start thinking okay this kingdom is so counterintuitive yeah and what does that mean uh, well the only you start to like get past all of the 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 smoke and mirrors of the kingdom mm-hmm. and you realize oh it's death mm-hmm. it's surrender it's uh it's these kind of things that mm-hmm. Jesus did and he says now go you do likewise yeah you wash the feet of of um, others. You do all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. That's the kingdom, and it's it, and it's supposed to free you up. I think as well. To I, uh, I remember a fellow youth worker saying to me when I, I was not long started in youth ministry, said, um, "You know, if you get three years into this and you only have twelve people following you, and one of them wants to kill you, and the rest of them constantly misunderstand your illustrations." You're in a good place. That's where Jesus was after three years. Like, congratulations. Oh, man. That's such a wise word. Yeah. Because and, yeah. and he, what he wanted to take away from me was this pressure of like, oh, man, yeah, there's supposed to be more people than this. Um, and yeah, that's that's, as you say, surprisingly not the kingdom, which is very much tied to that question of like, We've used that term lots of times. Yep. What is the kingdom? You used a, a definition that you've used before. We It's actually a definition I think both of us love because it ties into like... They mean the Dallas Willard Yeah. Yeah. It ties into... It, it gives us a, a, a really simple, almost modern day picture of what the kingdom is. Yeah. What so is the kingdom? The, the kingdom of God... Like Dallas Willard's definition, if it's it's the range of God's effective will, mm. or in more even more vernacular terms, since Dallas Willard's a little bit verbose in different <laughs> ways, um, it's where what God what when what God wants done is done. Mm, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that encapsulates the kingdom. So, so is that all the kingdom is? 
Because I think that that that's where this question is going. So like I, I love that definition and I think another one I've used that's similar is that the 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 kingdom the term kingdom is like our, our modern term circle of influence. Because then it gets you a picture of like where you your you see your kingdom. Like yeah. you have a family that you play a role as like a head of a home and and so what does that mean? Like that's well, that's under yeah. The your definition of works really well for both. Yeah. So your kingdom uh-huh. is the range of your yeah. effective absolutely. Will. Yeah. So it's where what you want to have uh, happen yeah. happens. So if you have a, if you have employees, they're part of your kingdom in in yeah. maybe a more old fashioned term. And if you're king, and if you have an employee that's rebelling, your kingdom is not dwelling in that employee. Yeah. And so. The kingdom invading that employee would be when they start to step in line mm-hmm. with the vision that you have for the business. Yes. So, so when we're praying, let your kingdom come, we're basically saying, all right, I want in my life, in every single person's life all around the world and in our church and in this city and around the world, I want where you, I want your kingdom to win and others did not win. And, and yeah, and, and, and as far as what's in your control, it's a surrendering of your own kingdom. You can't control what anyone else does. You can pray that those kingdoms fall and that God's kingdom invades all those spaces. But personally, as you said, surrender is to say, I give the keys of my kingdom to the true king. Yeah. Who is overall king. Yeah, and I, which, which is, I think this is precisely why Jesus said of John the Baptist that he was like one of the pinnacle of, mm-hmm. of the followers, yeah, yeah. Of, of his followers. And the reason is, is John the Baptist's attitude when Jesus shows up on the scene and starts basically stealing all of his disciples, mm-hmm. John's response is, I must decrease. Yes. And he must yeah, increase. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that's the pinnacle mm-hmm. of what it means to leverage your kingdom. It's like my kingdom should shrink mm-hmm. if this formula yeah, works yeah. properly. Yeah. Because it means my kingdom's gradually just pouring further into his kingdom and eventually my kingdom fades and his kingdom wins. Yes. Yeah. So that 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 is a great definition of the kingdom. Yeah. Except there's maybe other things that the kingdom of God could be interpreted to mean as well, right? Like I think that's the question of like what does it mean when in Luke chapter 9 Jesus says some of you will not die before you see the kingdom of God. Like, what's the already not yet piece of that? Like, what have they seen? What have they not seen? What What's that conundrum that we're presented with there? Yeah, and I think, yeah, you'll actually read commentaries on the Lord's Prayer, and I heard several of them, um, which I happen to disagree with pretty strongly, yeah. would say mm-hmm. that this is a um, eschatological prayer. Mm. And it is, sort yes. of. Eschatology is the theology of end times or future things. And it is that, but like you can't get away from it on earth Mm -hmm. as it is in heaven and the immediacy of this thing. Like you, why would he have us pray this now? Um, So like there's so many layers to it and yeah, we're we're not going to get into a whole polemic for why uh, Mm -hmm. this is a current immediate prayer right now. Mm Mm-hmm. But, um, but there is this two part thing. We mm-hmm. want his kingdom unfold today, yeah. his way to, to have its way mm-hmm. among us. And yes, there's going to be a day when eventually 
like we know, every knee will bow, mm-hmm. every tongue confess. Yeah. And I think that that's personal knees. Yeah. Every individual knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he's Lord. I also think it's every nation state yeah. will bow and every nation state tongue will confess that he is Lord. And they all sort of have to. And what's interesting is it's, if you look at the sort of the entire uh, scriptures, it's not that they're forced to bow at that moment. It's that they're just like, you're right. Yeah. You were right. Yeah. It's the, it's the priest when the veil is torn mm-hmm. at the resur- at, at the death of Jesus. And he says, surely this man was yeah, the yeah, son yeah, of God. Yeah. Every single person will eventually see the dra- the drama and the goodness of his way to the point where they're like, you're right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, that, 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 um, so there is that kingdom. Yeah. Fruition. Like it mm-hmm. comes to that. They get the culmination, right? Culmin- of, yeah. Of the kingdom is, is, is maybe the, the technical term that can be an intimidating idea. Um, you, you, they used to say of the British empire at one point, the sun never sits on the British empire. Yeah. It was so big at that point, biggest empire ever to inhabit the globe. It, it the sun was always up somewhere. Yep. Um, and now there's this season where uh, we see, we would say America might is the most powerful nation in the world. Yep. Its influence is felt in more places than any other nation. Yep. When you hold patriotism, when you hold that sense of like, I was born in this country, those can be hard things. I think to surrender for people, right? Uh, absolutely. And I think it's this weird tension between being a good citizen of the kingdom of God mm-hmm. first and foremost, uh, and then secondarily being a good second citizen uh-huh. of the country that you live yeah. in. So it's and o- that's, there's a tension there. So it's okay to say, I want this country, this kingdom that is a country to thrive until the day where it bows the knee to the kingdom of God. Is that yeah, I want? So when I pray for like, and we know Romans tells us you should pray. In fact, yeah. I think we, I, I was in my preaching class this last semester and one of the students had to preach on that text and she just did an incredible job preaching about this idea of praying for other nations and stuff, mm-hmm. or praying for your, your, your nation. And I was like, this is a area that I am weak in. Mm. I need to pray more mm-hmm. for my nation. Yeah. But it's not that America gets like bigger, faster, more powerful, like take over the world mm. kind of a prayer. What it's what the prayer actually is, is that God's kingdom would gradually start to usurp it deeper into mm. the inner se- like inner workings of the entire society until America is no longer needed because yeah. the kingdom of God has fully taken it mm. over. So you, strangely you're actually still asking yeah. did America fall yeah that I mean don't don't uh, if I can't I don't want to beat around the bush we want America to fail mm. eventually mm. uh we want the kingdom to to win okay America's yeah, not yeah. gonna be there's not an America flag in the new heavens and new that's earth that's the challenge right that's the there's that's... a one banner it's the yeah. banner of Jesus and, and that's the, hard it that's is a, that's it's hard, absolutely yeah. emotionally because it's distraught. it actually hits more than like a country right it's Jesus says there'll be no marriage in the new kingdom like yep. that's a hard thing for people to hear the one that you love there's a different relationship in the new kingdom there are good things 
that 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 they don't look the same now now i love that c.s lewis somehow paints this picture where he sees this this like nothing good passes away in the new kingdom but it is different yeah Um, and 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 i think that's the tension that i tend to hold to like is there a joyfulness in all that my wife and i have experienced that continues to the to the new kingdom yeah i think so yeah. Is the the same relationship exactly? No. Yeah. It's different. Yeah. Uh, and so I think we all we can do is hold that loosely. And as you've said. And you might be like, and the reason I, I get that it's a super nuanced tension be, is because like my brother's in the military. My yeah. grandfather was like a, a, like high, high up in the, in the armed forces fought in World War II. Um, and so, like, if you've invested so much of your life into uh, maintaining the stability and the safety of your actual mm-hmm. earthly nation, I get that there's like a complexity to that. Yeah, and um, they're probably and that's a you should give yourself to try and pursue. Like, if you've been called into politics, mm. into the into office, you you should be wrestling with this constant tension yeah, between yeah. pursuing the good of of the nation genuinely mm-hmm. working hard at that yeah, writing yeah. good policies trying yeah. to figure out how to work across party lines and but rem- but remembering all the while that your first allegiance is to the kingdom of god and so um that's and, a super difficult complicated thing to do but it's also it's just as complicated in every other sphere of life yeah um for example i was just talking to my uh worship leading team about like this tension of like when you're on stage, you want to lead worship, you want to do it with excellence and quality, but it's also not about the excellence and it's not about the quality. It's about your heart. Mm-hmm. And so it feels like, how can it be both? Like, should we sound really good or just worry about our hearts? And the answer is yes. Mm-hmm. And the kingdom way is the way where you say, I'm not smart enough to yeah. figure out how to com- how to iron all that out. Please, God, I surrender to mm-hmm. you. You're the only one that's smart enough to f- have me figure out how to pursue the good of America. Yeah. While at the same time, not actually be about it, but be about your kingdom. And, and that, and that, his yeah. way is the only way to do that. Yes. And, and, and we, we, we all have those different things that we have to wrestle with and, and perhaps just lay down and not get overly concerned about trying to solve as a problem. I have some people that say to me, yeah, I'd love you to wear a suit when you preached. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to wear a suit. Like, but I have some kind of you like. You look good in a suit though. I'm just saying. Thank you. I appreciate that. But I, <laughs> I have some kind of like thing of like, this is what I feel comfortable wearing on stage. And this is what I don't feel comfortable. And some of that's like pushing to the dressiness. Like I don't want to be too dressy. And then some of it is like, I don't want to look too sloppy. And and everyone would have a line where they would say, okay, y- y- you really need to yeah, pay more you're attention on, than you're that. On this side or that side. Yeah. 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 And, and, and they're like, okay, you didn't even get out of your pajamas like that. That maybe was like not giving it enough. Yeah. Um, but, but there isn't a firm categorical, you must do this. It's, it's sometimes you just have to surrender. And, and you've touched on that a few times with this whole prayer. And it's something I've been wrestling with as I start to look at this week. So much of it is surrender. Yeah. You know, it's your will, not my will be done. 
It's as we look at daily bread, your understanding of what daily bread is, not my understanding. And it's of what not even just bread. my bread. It's our bread. Our bread. It's like, yeah, yeah. Which might actually mean I have to give up some bread for that person. Ooh. Yeah. No, it's like surrender everywhere. Yeah. It, it, it's like it's even the temptation prayers are really about like, help me not do the things I might choose to do because they feel good, because they help me become richer because they whatever help me to land where like they all require a certain amount of surrender. Yeah. Um, Which I think is the ethos of this entire prayer is this, it's this posture towards God that says you're, you're my only hope. Like mm -hmm. the only way this works is if, is if you, um, if, is, is if you step in and help and you, you're appealing to a good father who's got all the resources in the world and you come to him and says, and you just say, all right, first things first, no matter what I pray from this point forward, your will be done, mm -hmm. your kingdom come. Mm -hmm. And if that's in place, if you say no to some of the bread mm -hmm. requests that I have, your kingdom come, your will be done. Mm -hmm. If you say no to some of these other things mm -hmm. that I'm going to ask, just know my first prayer trumps all the other prayers. Yeah, And I love that Jesus is, Jesus does this himself. Mm -hmm. He does this in the garden. Yeah, He says, uh, you know, if there's any way to take this cup, meaning the cross from me, then please do. Mm -hmm. But by the way, just so you know, yeah. your will be done, Father, yes. not my will. If be done. I can have this daily bread, if you can protect me from this evil one, but if not, your will be done. Yeah. Beautiful. And so even Jesus prayed this prayer. It wasn't mm -hmm. just for us. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, we have a question. Oh, did we not answer that question? Not, or is this another question? Close. We didn't answer the question. Was there another question that I wasn't aware of? Oh, no, there was a so question. this is the question, question, and I think we can do it fairly quickly. Uh, uh, Aaron talked about a prayer is meant to be communal and even made it sound like communal prayer is more important than personal there prayer. There was definitely a, que a question other than this, but this is good. Oh, really? There was a question. In Slack, maybe? Yeah, maybe. Maybe yeah, we already but, answered that one. Yeah, that was the one I tried to talk about, Luke. Chapter, what does it mean Like when he says, some of you will see the kingdom of God? Oh, oh yeah, there you yeah, go. Yeah, so yeah, someone, yeah. Okay. so we're still getting yeah, yeah. text questions. Um, it sounds like, or maybe this came in over social media. That's fine. So I think we did cover that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think so. Yeah, yeah. All right. So although, this although one, I think there's still a mystery there. But we're gonna. There is a little bit of a mystery. That we, we, when Jesus says, "Some of you will not die," there's an element to the kingdom that they're going to see, but we have to accept that they did die and didn't see the kingdom fully inaugurated as we would understand it. Yeah, that's that's. That's a challenging point. Yep. Yeah. So this is the question that uh, came in through the website. Uh, Aaron implied that communal prayer is almost better than personal prayer. But a few verses earlier in, in the preaching message, Jesus says that it's better to go to a quiet room, close the door, implying that prayer is meant to be very individual indeed. Mm. Did How you do you reconcile that? this? I didn't, I did not say that communal prayer is more uh, important what I said is um, the the point on that movement was that the Jesus way of praying uh, is you start to think and pray communally, mm. not individualistically. Okay, okay, that makes sense. So yeah. it's a subtle, I get the, the, the confusion here. Um, what I was getting at is that in your personal uh -huh. private prayer, mm -hmm. you're praying us and we kind of prayers. Yes. Um, it didn't mean that you only pray in public spaces. But it's a, it's a challenging one. I, I do think there is a language issue there that's fascinating 
the, there's a distinct movement in the passages we talked about, the, the overarching passages. He says, when you give to the needy individual, and then he says, when you pray corporate. So that's fascinating. And the language, as we've pointed out, is corporate language. Y'all. Yeah. Y'all. It's got that, yeah. Um, I don't know that necessarily, I don't think it precludes individual prayer. We see that in Jesus. It seems like it's built in. We see people pray individually. We see Peter praying individually. Yeah, Jesus in steals away like to pray we see all of those, Yeah, all of those different things. And yet there is also this, this Acts passage where the disciples we read are locked in a room praying. They as a group are out of the public eye. They are not praying for the show of the people around them. They are in this deep personal Jesus community that isn't about show. It's about finding God's presence in specific places. Yeah. So I don't think, I don't think the scripture gives any preference to whether you pray alone or in groups. It probably would say you should, that the the right way is to do both. And I think if you're... You, but you, actually, the, well, my statement in the message was more about the content yes. of the prayer yeah. is shaped by the whole. Yeah. Partially because, uh, and I didn't say this explicitly in the message, but if if our main agenda in, in prayer is that his kingdom would come, um, then that means by inference that our main agenda should not be to pray for things that our kingdom would come. Mm, yes. And so... Inevitably, that means we start to think and pray more communally uh-huh. rather than saying, you know what, God, uh, my kingdom's really struggling right now because, for example, I don't have enough money. And so my kingdom's suffering. Mm-hmm. And he might say, great, because mm. that means my kingdom's going to come. Yeah. And you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. I came to you in prayer because I want my kingdom to be better and more awesome. Yeah. That's an individualistic kind of prayer. Yes. And Jesus' way praying starts to stop it's it stops thinking as much about my kingdom succeeding and thriving mm-hmm. and and starts to gradually become to the place where who cares whether my kingdom thrives mm-hmm. because my goal is for it to die yeah my my goal is for your kingdom to come not mine so now that might happen in a private prayer closet where you're actively praying for his kingdom to come and you might talk about someone who's struggling with cancer and you might but it's going to be flavored by what's good for the whole, mm-hmm. not what's good for us. If you'd like to wrestle more with the tension, this question, I just, it did occur to me, Yvonne and I, Yvonne Beal and yeah. I, who was on staff at the time, yeah, we did a tag team sermon on this in a Lord's Prayer series back in 2022. Yeah. Where we actually, she took the prayer is private yep. side and I took the prayer is, is corporate side. And we kind of wrestle back and forth with like how to do both and why both matter. And um, yeah, it was actually just, yeah, it was a fun concept that we just, we, we did together. Yeah. So, and, yeah. But I think the question is asking like, which one's more important, private or prayer? Or and I think we addressed corporate. that. Yeah, we actually, exactly. yeah, we actually talked about that. Yeah. Like, but yeah. my message didn't address that at yeah. all is what my point is. I was actually talking about the content of your mm, prayer is corporate. There we go. Not Beautiful. The, yeah. Well, we are at uh, 11, uh, well, 11.58 in our lifetime, so 58 we minutes. It. We did it. We An hour. It. Thank, Thank you, you for those of you that tune in weekly and yeah. join us on this journey that we have no particular 
destination for. Just, That's just right. simply talk more about what we see in so Next week, we'll talk about all the different kinds of bread. I love it. Sourdough. <laughs> see you guys. See y'all as I try and find the button. <laughs>